20 Staubgold, dein Leben kann man nicht ganz glücklich sein. Traurig schlägt sich vor das Leben, mancher Kummer stellt sich ein, mancher Kummer stellt sich You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, a conversation between audience member and artist designed to demystify the classical music and opera experience. If you enjoy the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast, and really, who wouldn't, please consider supporting it for as little as $2 a month. Visit patreon.com forward slash thoroughly good to pledge your support. The Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast takes a bit of a turn for episode number 95. Think of what follows as an experiment. This experiment is a reflection of where things are at the moment in the classical music world, or at least as far as I can see them. Lockdown, as an experience, feels distant now. Restrictions have been lifted for most in society. Today, in fact, open-air performances are now allowed, meaning open-air theatre can proceed, for example. So too live music outdoors. To talk of music that comforts in isolation, as has been the case on the podcast series in recent episodes, seems to misjudge the present. All this comes to mind because of one post-lockdown experience I had this week. The London Philharmonic Orchestra invited me to their recording sessions at Henrywood Hall in London earlier this week. The orchestra are releasing a series of chamber music sessions as YouTube premieres from the 15th of July, made available every fortnight after that. Strings, wind, brass and percussion, plus chamber works including Beethoven Septet, make for an interesting summer offer. The opportunity to see some of the recording process for this podcast and for some other work I was doing, to hear live music for the first time in four months was too good to miss. The invitation felt like a gift. Christmas had come early. The actual experience on the day was entirely different from my expectations and highlights the way my mind has unwittingly bargained with me over the past few months about when a return to something approaching a normal concert experience might be. It also highlighted to me how I'd try to predict what I, as an audience member, would be prepared to sacrifice just so that performers could perform and I could hear them. The experience of visiting a group of musicians in rehearsal this week was entirely different from anything I've experienced before. I waited outside Henry Wood Hall until my temperature had been taken and I had been allowed to go in. I was instructed to wear my mask at all times when I was inside the building to follow the directions on the floor, maintain a distance of two metres from everyone I came into contact with. Put like that, the restrictions don't really amount to very much. The practicalities, however, were a little different. The entire afternoon was one of adjustment. I just need to check that I can hear you. Just setting up an interview was difficult. Guessing where to point the camera, pointing vaguely where the contributor should stand, passing a boom for a microphone to an assistant at a two-metre distance, then standing to conduct the same interview two metres away from the subject. It's not exactly hardship. But every step was completely at odds with convention and experience. 
Okay. I, my name is Simon Carrington. I'm the timpanist in the LPO. Uh, well, yeah, I, I wrote that piece um, actually some years ago for my wedding. My wedding for the marriage to lovely Mo, so I better start that again. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I wrote it. I'm not a composer. I mean, it looks, it look, I have to say, it looks a little bit like a test shot for The Walking Dead, but you know. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Downstairs in the crypt of Henrywood Hall, a low ceiling space with no overhead lighting, where I got to store all of my equipment, I felt my way around my bag for my lenses, microphones and cables, aware of a distinctive smell only evident after a period of inaction. The crypt at Henrywood Hall, for those not already in the know, is the cafe-restaurant area which has for the past four months been out of operation. And after weeks of inaction, the usual smells have dissipated, leaving that cupboardy smell that usually signals out-of-date dried ingredients. Such things are jolts on our sensory memory. We're in a space our brain predicts should be accompanied by a particular smell. When there's a different smell that jars, a dissonance occurs. The emotion that follows, and this will sound bizarre, but there is an emotional reaction to it. The emotion that follows is one of sadness. Mild, of course, it's not like I'm sobbing in the corner like a baby, but sadness nonetheless. This isn't how these spaces are meant to be. It was the same when I went cycling in central London in the height of lockdown, pedalling furiously around Elephant Castle. I anticipated plenty of traffic passing me around the various traffic control systems because that is what Elephant Castle is like. You have to be on the lookout. I kept looking behind me. That's what you do there. You're constantly checking. When you check and you see nothing behind you, well, it's a bit eerie. There's something wrong. You understand what is different and can rationally understand why it's different. But emotionally, you just can't process it. Uh, I'm Henry Baldwin. I'm the co-principal percussionist in the London Philharmonic Orchestra and I'm also one of the seven player directors. This is the first time I've seen my colleagues since March the 9th, maybe. I think. It's very exciting to see people, but also it's not, it's not what we normally do. It's just a tiny little bit of what we normally do. So it's, a, it's given us a taste of hopefully good things to come and we've seen on the continent that orchestras are now getting back together uh, in their entirety so it's made me excited but uh also it's a bit weird and also it's, this is the first time i've been to london since since march so it's quite strange driving through london and seeing all the kind of looks normal but then you notice lines on the floor and people standing and it's just a bit surreal really but uh, I yeah. find that the city is uh, not a city without people yeah yeah uh, no. and it's, it's not so much eerie it's just like there's something not quite right yeah Yeah, said I was out of tune. Yeah, my, yeah, that hurts. Yeah. Same too with the sight of brass and percussion players in the body of the hall. Three masked and gloved camera operators, looking incongruously, stood at a respectful distance from musicians in the round playing through their repertoire. 
I expected to stand here overjoyed at being able to hear this. Instead, I'm looking at the sight of all of them separated by three metres and thinking that this is the early days of television or some kind of science experiment. What this is, is the next shift in the story of live and recorded music during a global pandemic. First, there was panic-fueled content distributed across the internet, seen in the early days of lockdown when musicians grappled with live streaming and isolation click-track-driven recordings. This was a mix of warmth, determination and hope, depicted by unusual angles of endless front rooms, bedrooms and kitchens. The multi-screen lockdown view of hundreds of musicians told the story of creative individuals trapped in their own room, denied their necessary connection with their colleagues. Not only did it become quite boring visually, really very quickly... It also became a shortcut for a much more serious issue. These people aren't getting paid for this. We may well be enjoying watching it, but they're not reaping the rewards. I shouldn't really be watching it. We've moved on to a different phase here in Henry Woodhall with the London Philharmonic, and it should be said, similar endeavours like, and it should be said from other groups like the Philharmonia, London Mozart Players and Manchester Camerata. We're seeing something happen which is a reflection of what is allowed now. We're seeing the practical realisation of current health and safety rules reflected back at us. And it's a bit weird. For me as an audience member, instead of seeing what's possible with restrictions eased, what I'm focused on instead is the distance still between each player the extra time it takes to do the everyday and the seeming wrongness of seeing a camera operator donning rubber gloves and a mask as though he was about to perform dentistry work. Set against this backdrop, the £1.57 billion pledged to the arts in the UK by DCMS Secretary of State Oliver Dowden last week seems irrelevant. The arts is a big economy in the UK and classical music forms only a small part of that economy. The people who make up classical music, the musicians, aren't all furloughed, they're not all salaried. Whilst cultural commentators were all quick to wring their hands with thanks for such a considerable figure, well, it pales into insignificance in comparison to the projected cost of the pandemic on the country, currently estimated at £160 billion. Is £1.57 billion really enough? The visit to Henry Woodhall also posed some questions for me about the nature of the relationship between audience and performer at this moment in time. Easing of restrictions is to all intents and purposes a moment of transition and adjustment. That much was apparent just by me visiting to interview some musicians the other day. I spent most of my time in a state of adjustment. The experience isn't the same and when I project forward to a point in time when concert halls do open again, it will be a moment of adjustment for audiences too. Some might go once and then hesitate before going a second time. Why? Because they'll spend a lot of their time comparing the present-day restricted concert experience and comparing it pre-pandemic. A moment of sadness, 
even if it's not identified or articulated, will inevitably ensue. It might even linger. The concert experience won't be the same when the concert halls first open. It will take a good deal longer before it gets back to anything like it was before. And audiences may not be prepared for that. If they were difficult to get into the concert hall before, won't it be even more difficult now? And that's important because at this moment of transition, that adjustment throws a greater sense of responsibility on audience members like me, I think. It's not so much that we've had live performance denied us for so long that we will be desperate to get back to experiencing it and that everything will be fine when that day comes. It's more that our first steps back into a concert experience will be so different from what we've experienced before that we need to be prepared for that. We need to be prepared to adjust for it. Our motivation then for being there, perhaps our collective sense of purpose as audience members, might need to adjust accordingly. We'll be there for them, the musicians, more than perhaps for us. And I like that idea. I like that shared commitment. Yeah, said I was out of tune. Yeah, my, oh, yeah, that was hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. always hurts. No control over it. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing about um, any kind of bell, um, they're 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 infamous for um, causing tuning issues because they have such a wide uh, spectrum of different harmonics within them, and different people hear different harmonics coming through more strongly depending on how far away they are from the instrument. But generally, there's a weird thing, I think it's like a minor or major third of a chord comes through quite strongly. So people often, when, when it's in the, uh, in the texture and you hit a bell really hard, you only really hear the fundamental and that's fine. But as soon as everybody stops, you hear these weird overtones and it sounds out of tune. It's not actually out of tune. It's just a funny, and it's, I think it's different from the harmonic build-up that the brass have in there, kind of, so it's, um, it, w the way they they're with their embouchure and stuff. So, I think what you're saying, natural, harmon me, natural harmonic series. I think what you're telling me is that it's not you, it's not the instrument, it's everybody else. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's is the that... perception. It's your perception. <laughs> you <prefer. laughs> right. And you're a player director. That's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. You're really powerful. You've been listening to the thoroughly good classical music podcast. If you enjoy it, please consider supporting it for as little as two dollars a month. Visit patreon.com forward slash thoroughly good to pledge your support.